The background music to this opera is the two wars, but the lead singer in the opera right now is the economy, and it'll be the lead singer for a long time, and we could not have predicted that last fall. Hi, and welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Laura Conaway. Today is Tuesday, November 4th. It's about 2.57 p.m. here in New York City. We've been getting a lot of questions on Planet Money lately about deflation, this idea about what happens when you get the opposite of inflation, obviously. So today we're going to try to get at least one of those questions answered. As for the Planet Money indicators, where we try to give you the picture of how the world is doing, the biggest one that we can really think of is what's going to happen in the presidential election today. And that indicator, as you all well know, is out there cooking right now as I speak. And nobody's going to know until at least this evening. And given recent history, it could be longer than that. Personally, I'm betting we'll know sometime before midnight. Right now, I'm joined by Dan Costello, who used to be with the L.A. Times, working business and economics coverage over there. He's now getting ready to go to grad school, and we've roped him into working with us all week. So, Dan, right now, if you could just listen to this question from a guy named Jay Satchdev. He wrote into the blog a little while back, and today I caught up with him. He wants to ask this question about deflation. Um, I'm driving around Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Las Vegas, I'm working with a group called environment in Nevada. And so we're doing a big, big get out the vote drive trying to get uh, people to the polls and to actually vote today. You sent us this question a while back over email. It had to do with deflation. Yeah. So I was wondering, um, you know, with deflation, if all the prices are going down and money is actually worth more, um, how is that bad for us on a daily basis? So in other words, if you go to the store and suddenly something that used to cost $5 costs $4 and you're making the same amount of money, that's money in your pocket, right? Right, exactly. And so shouldn't I actually have more money to spend and be able to um, to buy more things? I know we've talked about it a little bit on Planet Money, but have you heard elsewhere that deflation is scary or bad? Yeah, I have. And, and that's actually, you know, that's about what I've heard and I, I haven't heard why. So, Dan, this guy, Jay, one of the things about him is that I think he works a fairly secure job in the San Francisco tech industry, as secure a job as you can really talk about. Can you help us out a little bit with his question? So he wants to know uh, if he has a stable job and he's in an okay position, why isn't deflation okay for him? And in some ways, at least in the short term, it is. It means that he's going to be able to go out and buy that car or that furniture or that iPod for less now than he might have six months ago. The problem with that is it's a very short-term solution. What happens in deflationary cycles is that consumers start to say rationally, hey, wait a second, I don't have to buy my iPod today or my car today or my bedding today, furniture. I'm going to wait three months, six months. The problem is that as more and more consumers start making that pretty logical step, the entire economy starts to shrink even further. It's what they call deflationary cycle. Factories start pulling back. Investment starts to fall. And more and more people are laid off. And so what seemed to Jay as 
in his best interest will absolutely will be a t- will be a wave that eventually comes back and crashes on him too. So it's not just that prices deflate. It sounds like the whole economy turns into a souffle when you slam the oven door. Yeah, I mean, you would think that deflation is an okay thing and inflation is a bad thing, and it's actually the opposite. And the reason is that government can actually do a little bit to uh, deal with inflation. They can reduce uh, interest rates and pull back on the money supply. And they have, a, they have some tools. The problem with deflation is that they don't really have much they can do. And so it can really be something that can stick around in the economy for years. Earlier today, I talked to Maria Fiorini Ramirez. She is an economist here in New York. And she's also one of the few economists who believe that the U.S. economy is already in a deflationary cycle. Deflation, as uh, everyone knows, is uh, the opposite of inflation. Normally, in our lifetimes, we always see prices going up and inflation, of course, uh, reflecting that going up. Uh, It is very rare um, that that we see uh, prices going down in a deflationary environment uh, accompanied with a very weak economic growth. But indeed, that's usually what happens when there is less risk-taking or or so-called leverage being built into the system. And so this means that... Leverage unwinds. There's a tendency for all kinds of price pressures to come down also. So what you're saying is this is when prices uh, on a fall on a sustained basis. basis. So for how long? A few months? A few well, years? Um, housing prices have been coming down for more than a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, commodity prices have also been coming down for quite a while. Uh, oil prices uh, today, $66 a barrel, are less than half of what they were a few months ago. So um, the trend usually doesn't reverse itself in a couple of months. It takes a couple of years. Uh, but you know we've been in this negative price trend in real assets like real estate for quite a while already. And I would imagine that at some point, you know, next year, hopefully, as uh, things stabilize in the housing sector, I think uh, housing prices uh, will start uh, going up somewhat in 2010, 2011. But also commodity prices and the rest of the world economy should start doing better at some point over the next year, year and a half. But Maria, doesn't take a half step back. Isn't, isn't falling prices a good thing? Doesn't that help? People well, struggling uh, I, today I, I, with their, I, they're I laid that, off and, and their paychecks are shrinking? Well, I think that uh, a, a deflationary environment is uh, certainly a, a good thing if uh, uh, everything else is equal. Unfortunately, housing prices are coming down more than inflationary um, deceleration. So I think that uh, generally it's always good to have a little bit of inflation. And assuming that, um, you know, jobs are growing and um, assets are growing, financial assets and real assets are are growing in value. So a deflationary environment is generally a much more painful one than one that's uh, slightly inflationary. So it's better for prices to rise than for prices to fall. Definitely, because sometimes the prices that fall the most are the ones that you hold, uh, those assets you hold the dearest. What we what we hear about, and, and many of us have never seen this, but we hear about times in the U.S. economy back in the 1930s. We we also heard that it occurred in Japan in the early 1990s of what what's known as a deflationary spiral. And this is when consumers realize that prices are falling, and so they say, hey, wait a second. Why don't we wait to buy whatever we were going to buy a few months or next year when prices are even lower? Um, 
Why is that so dangerous? Why does that give economists and policymakers chills? Well, usually there are reasons why prices are going down. Uh, leverage is coming off uh, financial institutions' balance sheet. There is less risk-taking. Uh, there's less money around to be invested in various assets. And uh, unfortunately, what's happening with the value of those assets, those prices are coming down a lot more uh, than the prices of things like food or um, necessities that we have in life, uh, like uh, real estate taxes that you have to pay every day uh, and uh, all the kind of fees that, and transportation costs. So those things are not coming down. I think what happens is that um, there's more of an expectation that, uh, well, if these assets are not going up in value, why should I buy a house now? I'll wait, you know, till another six months or another year. And does that mean what what occurs then? I mean, we hear then that when that happens and why this gives policymakers chills is that it suffocates investments and that will, you see, unemployment you know, will continue to rise and, and exactly. the entire economy will worsen. Exactly. All the are tied together. And unfortunately, um, when you get into a, a downward a sort of spiral in psychology and consumer mentality and, and, and all those things combined, it's really hard to turn around. So policymakers are afraid of deflationary uh, trends uh, along with uh, a, a recession that could spiral further down into a, a, you know, a, a much weaker economy because it's really much harder to turn around that psychology than coming down inflation when it's really high. The tools are better suited to um, take inflation out of the system than eliminate deflation. You raise a good point. I mean, the question is, is deflation self-correcting or must the government get involved? And if the government must get involved, what can, what can they do? Uh, deflation is is not self-correcting. Uh, I think that it's easier to uh, put uh, pressures down on the inflation side and uh, lift things up on, from from a deflationary path. Uh, and the policy um, usually that works is to pump a lot of liquidity, a lot of money in the system, and try to get the economy, you know, geared up to um, a higher growth path at some point down the road. Unfortunately, those things take a long time to take hold. Mm. Uh, you could implement the right policies, but it takes quite a while before the mechanism used to divvy up that money and make it available in the system um, has the capital base and, 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 and the ability to grow the balance sheet so that the money is spread around. So we're in that period right now, and I think that eventually it will work. It just takes a little time to do it. We didn't get into this period uh, overnight, and we're not going to get out of it overnight. You know, Dan, I just heard something in there that has answered what has for me been sort of the lifelong question about the economy. That, that makes me feel very good. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> why do we have to have inflation? Why must it all things always cost a little more all the time. And what I finally heard in there is we have to have inflation so the economy won't shrink. That's exactly true. And there's the answer. It's like a it's like a principle of physics. If it's not growing, it's shrinking. And that's a and that's worse than it not growing. Because Price if it's not rising. Cuz she's saying deflation is hard to fix. There's very little that uh, policymakers can do to stop a deflationary cycle. Uh, and so that's why this is all a little bit scary right now. How bad is the deflationary cycle looking to be? No one knows right now. I mean, there's only a few categories where you see prices actually falling. Uh, Furniture, bedding, oil, though, of course, that's gone up and down. And the important thing to remember is when people talk about deflation, they don't mean something went down just for two days and gone back up. That's why oil would be out of that equation. It's sustained falling in prices. Furniture and bedding, 
uh, have been falling since. Like sheets and. Sheets and towels and everything have been falling since 2006. That's sustained falling. Right now, it's contained only to a small number of categories. If that continues, it's scary. Basically, it's stuff about your house. Your house is deflating. Yeah. Your house value is deflating. And your furniture and the stuff that you actually tuck up over yourself to be warm at night. But we could easily wonder if auto prices could fall. Uh, in this environment, and and then other categories. So, wait De- and see. Deflation, rolling money downhill. All right, <laughs> that's going to do it here for us today on Planet Money, where we're not going to roll any more money downhill. I'm Laura Connolly, joined today by Dan Costello. Dan, thank you for being here. Thank you. We finally got a chance to put up those great Halloween pictures. You guys are really funny out there, and some of you are amazing with a knife. The pumpkin carving stuff, the the stock tickers, the 401k stuff on those pumpkins, they're totally amazing. Keep sending us pictures of what you're seeing in the economy. We need them. They help us. We love it. Send them to npr.org slash planetmoney. Go on there. You'll get all the contact you need for us. Thanks for listening to Planet Money once again. I'm Laura Conaway. Let's all go watch the election. (laughs) 